Welcome to the C3 Church Coffs Harbour podcast. We're glad you're here. We pray that you'll be blessed and encouraged by this week's message. Amazing. What a morning so far. Wow. Ben, thank you. Handsome, strong men, thank you. You guys can take a seat. Cam, you can stay up here just because I want you up here with me. Is that cool? Who's having a good morning so far? Raise your hands. Can't see any of you, so I just believe that you're all raising them. <laughs> Who loves Pete? I love Pete. <laughs> just a couple. <laughs> there you go. Hey, um, we're going to continue the series Hope Speech, which we started last week. Pastor Justin um, started last week. And um, if you want to turn your Bibles to 1 Peter chapter 3 verse 15 this is the core scripture for our series and uh, get this one in your heart because this is this will be you'll probably hear this one through each sermon over the next few weeks says this always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give a reason for the hope that you have but do this with gentleness and respect amazing verse I especially love that that last part as well. Do this with gentleness and respect. That's often the part we forget or miss, or you know, it's uh, <laughs> we sometimes can love to argue and and do all sorts of things. But I love that they've added that in there because it is so important. And uh, I think this morning um, I'm not going to go through so much about how we share our story. I want to really go through a way that. Uh, we can create an environment that draws people to actually want to hear it. Uh, because I think we, we live in a society where, um, for whatever reason, there, there's a wall between the church and the community. There's a wall between the church and society. And, um, and we can have an amazing message, but there's something that's stopping people wanting to hear our story. It doesn't matter how good the product is, some people just don't want to taste it. And I, and I, I want to try and unpackage a way that we can possibly, and the way that Jazz and I probably do this, is just to create an environment that draws people in that they actually want to hear what Jesus has done in our life. So where do we start? Well, I think we first need to understand the significance of our story. And I just want you to know that you have a story to tell. You have something in your life that Jesus has done. And as I talk to people, what I find is, you know, with our testimonies, there's often two types of people. So put your hand up if you grew up in church, uh, you never really smoked, you never took drugs, you never drank, none of that sort of stuff. We've got, I'm looking, there's a, there's a few, the, the front rowers, all right, I see what's going on here. I noticed Jazz didn't put her hand up, but anyway. So, you know, we, we've got people in here that, um, you know, have, have lived a pretty, what they would call a good life, what others would call a safe life, some people a boring life, um, <laughs> sheltered life, but you know, it's, you know, it's, that's, our, that's some of our story that we've grown up in church. I love the saying, I was born a Christian. <laughs> no, you weren't. <laughs> uh, I was born a Christian. 
Yeah, I don't know how that happens, but anyway. <laughs> Theologically, I don't know how that works. But I was born a Christian. I grew up in church. I've, I've been a good person my whole life. But there's other people, and put your hand up, and, you know, by numbers, I think this would probably be most of us, that, you know, maybe you had, before you became a Christian, you had a reckless life. You know, before you met Jesus, or Jesus found you, that, you know, I'm not going to embarrass anyone, so you, you know, <laughs> sure. Oh, you're not going to embarrass me? Me! <laughs> I just embarrassed you, sorry. You know, there's, there's a, there was a few of us that had a reckless life. You know, we went to parties. You know, we were at Woodstock and, you know, smoking the happy plant. Like, you know, that was, that was our life. But here's the thing is that I hear a lot of Christians that have a safer story say, man, I, I, I don't really have a story to tell. I... Yeah, my life is kind of boring, you know, like, I never really did anything bad, and so, I, like, Jesus rescuing me, like, it's like, he didn't really rescue me for much, like, uh, my life is kind of boring, and I feel like I don't have much interest in, in my journey, and so I, I don't really know what to share, and, and what's worse is that I sometimes hear people say, I wish I had grown up in a worse environment, so I had a better story to tell. I wish I went through more things. I wish that I was in this environment. I wish I did this. I wish I went through that because then it would make my story more powerful. And what we're essentially saying is that because our story lacks interest, it lacks power. But I need us all to understand this. Whether you're on the safe side, whether you lived a safe life before you met Christ, or whether you lived a reckless life, without Jesus, the eternity is exactly the same. And so the power in your testimony is not in what you did on this earth, it's what Jesus did on this earth for you. Jesus is the hero of your story. Your story is not the hero of your story. Your past is not the hero of your story, because often we can say, you know, we can start talking about, oh, well, we, you know, I used to go to parties all the time. And it was an amazing time. Oh, and then we start thinking, gosh, I miss it. Gosh, it was fun. And then we start telling people, and people are like, what's so good about it? Like, why are you a Christian now? You start reminiscing. But Jesus is the, the hero of your story, and he is the reason that your testimony has power. Period. The power of the testimony is not in God rescuing your earthly life. It's in him securing your eternal life. So when we meet Jesus, our testimony is powerful. And I need us to start on that foundation because many of us will go into an interaction with people not knowing what to share because we feel like we have nothing to share. But all of us are on the same playing field because it's Jesus who has made the difference in our life. It's not what life we had, it's what life we now have according to him. It says in Revelation 12:11, they have conquered him by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony. So we see that the testimony is a vital part of this equation, right? And so it's important to understand that we do have power in our testimony and his name is Jesus. Now in 1 Peter 3, the the verse we just shared, 
says, always be prepared to give an answer. And I find that often the question that people are asking, if we're giving an answer, there's a question, often um, the question people are asking first is not a question to us, it's actually a question to themselves. And they'll ask themselves, is this person who they say they are? Does this person live out what they preach? Does this person act in according to what they talk about? Because whether we like it or not, there is, as I said, there's this wall between the church and society, the church and the community, whether it's a perception or even sometimes a reality of hypocrisy. Right? We live in this perception or reality of hypocrisy. And we're trying to break down a wall so that people can see our life, but they won't want to enter our life until they see that we live with integrity. And so for me, uh, you know, and, and for Jazz as well, we, our journey is, is doing everything that we can, and we're not perfect, but to first lay down a foundation of integrity so that when people actually look at our life, that they can see, yeah, that's something that I want to be a part of. Or even it's just some pe- someone I want to actually be around. Because we find that if we can lay a foundation of integrity and influence and trust, then we are more likely, uh, there is more opportunity for people to want to hear our story. Because they want to get into our world. Preparation to share our story It doesn't start with our spiel. It starts with our life. See, integrity will open a door to influence. People want to see our integrity before they hear our intellect. So it's your life, the way you behave, the way you make decisions, the way you raise your kids, the way you treat your spouse, the way you walk down the street and interact with people. Everything is revealing a picture to someone of how they view Christianity. And so, I think it's always important, as Paul would mention as well, to examine ourselves, examine our life. Are we living with integrity? Because I believe that that is the first question that most people ask. If I want to cross from my life into something that they're offering, do they actually live that themselves? Now, I'm all about relationships you know, call me old school, but I like to get to know people. Um, it's, I feel like it's like, it's a thing they did back in the day, you know. <laughs> oh, we, yeah, we got to know people back in the day and now we know about people. But Jazz and I are very intentional about, you know, having people in our life that don't believe what we believe. And, and I think that's super important. There's this quote that Carl Lentz says, and he says that, um, you know, when... When we live in a society that when there's a disagreement, there's a disconnect. And, uh, and I, I don't feel like it, it needs to be that way. But the problem is, is we, we're now living, you know, groups of people are only associating with other groups of people that have the same mindset, are, are like-minded. And if there's a disagreement, then we disconnect and there's no unity. And no longer are we friends anymore. I see people on my Facebook that say, if you believe this, or if you support this, we are no longer friends. Man, 
that breaks my heart. If you support this person, if you believe what they believe, you can delete yourself from my account right now. You can unfollow me. And this is the society we're starting to live in. Because when there's a disagreement, for some reason, there's this disconnect. And I, and I think sometimes you know, we can see that and go, yeah, that's ridiculous. But often we can sometimes do this as Christians because it's very easy for us to get together here and, and, and be around people that believe the same thing. Because this is our people. So it's comfortable. It's, you believe what I believe, this is awesome. But is it just as easy to go into the home of an atheist? And just have a meal with them. And just to hang out with them. I want to, um, actually, I had a friend of mine who is, um, who's a Christian. He, he actually said to me the other night, I don't like this particular pastor, I won't name names, because of the, the people I see him hanging out with. I said, you do realize that there were a lot of people that didn't like who Jesus hung out with either. And I just want to read this scripture in Luke chapter 19 if you'd turn your Bibles with me Luke chapter 19 verse 1 it said he entered Jericho and was passing through and behold there was a man named Zacchaeus he was a chief tax collector and was rich And he was seeking to see who Jesus was. But on account of the crowd, he could not because he was small in stature. So he ran on ahead and climbed up a sycamore tree to see him for he was about to pass that way. And when Jesus came to the place, he looked up and said, Zacchaeus, hurry and come down for I must stay at your house today. So he hurried, came down and received him joyfully and he saw Uh, And and when they saw it, they all grumbled. He had gone in to be a guest of a man who was a sinner. And Zacchaeus stood and said to the Lord, Behold, Lord, the half of my goods I give to the poor, and if I have defrauded anyone of anything, I restore it fourfold. And Jesus said to him, Today salvation come to this house. And as I said, you know, like, there were people here that saw who Jesus was hanging out with and they grumbled. They would, another, I think in the NLT, it says they were disappointed. They, they were annoyed that Jesus would go and hang out with a sinner. But there's a few things I just want to pick up from this scripture. And, and one of them is that Jesus met Zacchaeus where he was most comfortable. And, and, and part of me... I've got, not that I've got to be careful what I say, but uh, because sometimes I can come across as, um, you know, don't invite people to church, is not what I mean. But sometimes we can um, be so focused on inviting people to church and, and Jesus says to us, go. And, and I see Jesus here is that he goes and meets Zacchaeus at his house and he says to us, go, but he doesn't say to us, pray that they would come to you. He says, you go to them. He says, go into the world. Don't, don't pray that the world will come to you. Now, I don't believe that there's anything wrong with praying that people would come. I don't believe that there's anything wrong with, with believing that people would walk in these doors or inviting people to church at all. 
but there has to be the flip side and a balance of us going to people. So I see Jesus, he meets Zacchaeus in his house. The other thing I see is that there's a sense of urgency. He says, hurry, come down, for I must stay at your house today. Jazz says to me this all, all the time. She says, hey, babe, I know, I know that we're busy, but we just need to see this person tonight. We just, we just, have, to, we just, we just have to go and see this person. Tonight. I just feel that there's, we just got to see him. And I love that about her. It's not always convenient. I hate it, but he, I hate it when it's inconvenient. Like Jazz is more like, no, we're doing it, you know. But here's the other thing to this story. It said that Jesus was entering Jericho and was passing through. His, he was not planning on seeing Zacchaeus. He was not planning on going to his house. He was planning on passing through. And so... For a lot of people, it's an inconvenience to have to stop and to go and see someone. But for Jesus, the mission was far more important than the destination. And the mission for us is often to go and meet people where they are, is to create an environment where they want to see us. It said he, he took Jesus to his house and he was excited and he was full of joy. He wanted Jesus to be there. And I think what's so important is often when we exit this house, sometimes it requires entering someone else's. When we leave this house here, when we've hung out with our people and those people that we're trying to reach, often it requires us entering someone else's house. Because this is comfortable for us. And I want people to come to church. This is the house of God. This is where we worship God together. This is where believers, our brothers and sisters, come and fellowship and love each other and serve each other and serve one another and people have an opportunity to experience God. But we've got Jesus and the Spirit of God living inside of us and we have the opportunity to meet people who may never walk in these doors. We have the opportunity to go and see people with our story and what God has done in our life and meet them where they're at. Imagine if Coca-Cola, I Pastor Justin mentioned this brand last week, but imagine if Coca-Cola invented a liquid that tasted really good but also had health benefits. Now it's hypothetical because we know <laughs> this is never going to happen. But imagine if it was, it tasted amazing, but it also cured disease. But imagine if the marketing strategy never left the boardroom and the only people that were getting pumped on the product were the staff. I would hate, and I'm not saying this is, this is it, but I would hate if the church ended up like that, where we've got this product that tastes amazing, tastes and see that the Lord is good, and that can cure disease, that can raise the sick from the dead, 
that can call you a citizen of heaven. But we just left it in the boardroom. And we just got pumped on it with the staff. But it never actually reached the people it was meant to reach. Because yes, the gospel is for us. But it's also for everyone. It's not just for Christians. The gospel is for the world. And the idea of a marketing strategy is that it would reach a target audience. And what I've found is that when we are trying to reach people, that is our goal. We, we are trying to reach people with the gospel, with our story, with our testimony. But we need to be within reaching distance. We can't just cast a net and just hope and wish that someone will take the bait. Sometimes we've got to walk into the water and close the gap. We've got to go to where they are, go into all the world. Sometimes that means bringing them to our house. Sometimes that means going to visit them in hospital. Sometimes that means seeing them on the street. But what makes it powerful and what makes it easy, what makes it light, is knowing that Jesus is with us, that Jesus is living inside of us, and he has the power in our story that we don't have to do it in our own strength. That Jesus is the one that turns an ordinary story, story into an extraordinary story. That Jesus is the one that has the ability to turn their life around like he turned our life around. But I know that there are so many people in this world that for whatever reason, whether it's perception, whether it's media, whether it's circumstance, don't want to walk into a building like this. They don't want to go into a church. But it doesn't mean they're not crying out for God. And often the only image that they will ever get of Jesus is you and I. And if they won't walk in here, I encourage us, would we walk to them would we do what Jesus did with our story and would we meet them where they are and I think if we can build a relationship with people where we start building bridges and not putting up walls then just maybe we create an environment that draws people to want to hear our story We create an environment that draws people who actually want to hear the gospel and the good news of Jesus Christ because no longer are we just another Christian that they see on a current affair, but we're a real person with a real story, with a real God living inside of us that wants to see change. I wonder if this week as an encouragement and maybe a challenge to some of us would we go to someone that's in our world that needs Jesus that needs a life that needs you and I would you take something to the house would you invite them to yours would you see them in hospital 
Would you share your story? Would you create an environment for them to want to hear what you have to say? Would you be the kind of person that is full of integrity? Because when we do that, we we create influence in their world. I'll finish with this. Erwin McManus says, Is your life an influence of moving people forward in their faith? And I wonder if we altered our expectation and maybe instead of expecting people to make huge leaps and bounds in their journey, we just noticed them inching their way towards God. And that might look different for everyone. You know, it might look like you've asked a person to come to church and they said no again, but this time they weren't as angry as they were last time. That's progress. You, you might have tried to share your story and last time they shut you down, but this time they listened for a few minutes. That's progress. Or maybe you didn't say anything at all but by Jesus working through you, your life and your influence and your integrity help that person get off drugs. That's progress. And I think if we start seeing those as God moments, those as ways that we are evangelizing, it's our entire life. It's not we book it in for Monday afternoon to go down to the street. It's, it's our life. And as, as Jesus passed through Jericho, he stopped. And it says at the end, Today salvation has come to this man, to this house, for the Son of Man came to seek and to save the lost. See, although he was passing through, he was always looking. And I wonder on our journey of life, are we always looking for opportunity? It doesn't matter where we're going, it doesn't matter what we're doing, it doesn't matter how busy we are, are we always looking? Because it's okay to be busy, but don't let it be a distraction to the mission to see people where they're at. Thanks for tuning in to the C3CH podcast. We trust this week's message inspired and encouraged you. We hope to see you in one of our services soon. For more information on C3 Church Coffs Harbour, visit www.c3ch.com.